Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, nah, I knew it was there. Just waiting for the opportunity. Uh, felt great, yeah, but still, still got stag days. Only one, it's one good game. Um, that doesn't really mean too much. Who was that, Wes? That was Chase Claypool. Oh, okay. I, we, we're going to play Stump the Wolfly here. As I was sitting there going. Did you, I'm sorry, did you not hear me before? <laughs> no, we, I, I didn't hear you. I apologize. Yeah, that's okay. Right when the music hit, I said, we got some Claypool to bring oh, us in okay. here. So I, it, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm balancing a lot of plates here. You know, I'm like the waiter with the full uh, the full thing. So I apologize. I, uh, I, might, I might not have uh, relayed that clearly enough. I know. I go from eating my Danish to looking at my charts. Well, that too, to be fair. Not well, only trying to produce and host here, uh, I'm also crushing one of those Danishes as man, well. Man, was big, that good. Big shout out to Tall Kathy for the, oh, man. For the second Kathy, breakfast. What a dolly she is. She's just a sweetheart. She is the best. Man, that was great. And she's so, tall. I oh, mean, she is. Not quite Roquan Davis tall, but she is no, tall. No, 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 no. <laughs> Lovely young lady she is, that's for sure. No doubt about it. Okay, so we take a look at this offense, and again, you know, the Dolphins are sitting there at three and three, and you think about going on a, a mad streak coming out of the gates three and zero. Oh, mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden you got the Tua getting donked, you know. Then you got yourself, you got Teddy Bridgewater coming in, he gets donked. So you got Skylar Thompson comes in, he goes out, plays the game, makes his first start, he gets donked. So now we're back to Tua. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's <laughs> you, you got three. It's like running the, the gamut of the quarterbacks there. They they have they've they've gone through it in that regard certainly. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. I mean, it's a full cycle. So you got to virtually, it's a tale of three quarterbacks. You know, you take a look at this team, and um, this this is a vertical threat team and a, and a crossing threat team. I mean, these guys run across the field, I mean, faster than I can tie my shoe, you know, which I don't even have to tie it because I got the kind of slip-on stuff. I mean, these guys, they can move. You take a look at... Um, Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill. Good grief, man. I mean, these Tyree Kill just amazes me. You see a human being accelerate that fast. When he runs one of those little option routes underneath and he gets, finds himself in a window, cool. you know, he turns around and all of a sudden he's, it's like, it, it's almost like, um, 
What is those the, the, the time movies you see where they 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 jump ahead in time? Oh yeah, you know it's like sure, you know it's sure. like what happened? It's he like was jump, just standing it's like a jump there. Cut. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he was just standing there. Suddenly, he's five yards down the field. He's freaky fast. I mean, th- there's no denying that he is. He has been for a while. Everybody knows. You know, uh, we've we've seen our share of the Chiefs over the last few years. Mm. Um, anybody who watches football, you know, on a a national level, right? If you're not just watching the Steelers, obviously that the Chiefs have, have been in a lot of big games over the last few seasons. You've seen him. You've seen the speed. You've seen the big plays. You've seen the explosiveness. It's one of those things, Wolf. There's no secrets in that no. regard, right? I mean, the, the book is out on Tyreek Hill, but but good luck still, even though you know what's coming. Um, he, you know, they they paid that ransom for him in Miami to get him for a reason. They they loved the idea of pairing him with Jalen Waddle for a reason. And he really has. I mean, they, they've taken that offense to the next level. Now with Tua back in the fold, they, they're going to feel like they're they're clicking and operating on all cylinders again here. And there's there's a lot that you have to account for on that Dolphins offense, without a doubt. But I think he is, is probably at the top of that list. Well, think about it. You beat the Ravens. Great googly moogly. And they I mean, came back from what, like 17 points down yeah, in the fourth quarter yeah. on the road? 470 yards. I yeah. think uh, two or through four, six TDs. It's crazy. Yeah, it is. And you take a look at, at, at Tyreek Hill. Over the last three games, he's he's uh, got 29 receptions, 384 yards. He's on pace to break Megatron's receiving record of, you know, near 2,000 yards. Wow. That's like ridiculous. That is crazy. I, I just, it's like such a stunner. Now, I, I figured he was going to do well in Miami, but you didn't know how well he was going to do. And especially right out of the gate, too, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we all know it, it could take some time for those things to develop, but it, it, it was clicking right away for, for Miami. And again, that's, I think, the dangerous part is that there's, you know, there's been a little bit of a step back for them. They've still been productive, but they haven't been able to, you know, put up the numbers that they did in those first three weeks. They they've obviously lost the last three weeks to, albeit, you know, some some very good teams as well too. Um, but they they have got to be kind of chomping at the bit to like, all right, you know what? The last three weeks we've struggled a little bit. Hasn't been where we want to be. We're gonna go out here and. You know, Steelers secondary that's been banged up. A lot of these guys didn't play last week. Maybe we'll catch them early while they're still trying to, to get their feet underneath of them. Uh, you're going to have to be be ready to go from that opening kick. There's no doubt about it. I mean, really, how do you cover Tyreek Hill? And, I, again, I told run you. Run really make, fast. Make a set. It. He goes, run as fast as you can. That's it. That's. I mean, that's, that's everything in the coverage book on this guy. You're kidding me? <laughs> Just run as fast as you can. But Wolf, Wolf, it reminds me, uh, 2005, I don't know if you'll remember this, but 2005, you know, it was – I'm going to shed a tear here real quick. Okay. It was back in the old Big East days. Okay. You know, yeah, before yeah. conference realignment crushed what we love about college football uh, all over the place. Yeah. Uh, WVU was playing Pitt, and it was one of the you know it was one of the WVU teams with Pat White and Steve Slayton, the the teams that right. had all that speed. It would have been 2005. They were all freshmen, and WVU I think was up like seven points or ten points at halftime or something like that. And they they grabbed Dave Wanstad on the field for the halftime interview. And they go, Dave, what kind of adjustments do you have to make to slow down this offense in the second half? And Dave Wanstead looked at the reporter and said, we got to run faster. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Sometimes it's just that simple. You got to run faster. That's There's truth in that. I mean, think about it. This guy right now, Tyreek Hill, 50 receptions, 701 yards. I mean, we're not even halfway to this, you know, the season. I mean, that's a season's work. 
Yeah, for a lot of guys, crazy, you know, and and yet he's got eleven receptions of at least twenty yards. If you're talking about explosive plays, you're talking about right there of at least twenty yards, eleven of them, and he's got three receptions of at least forty yards. That's fast. That's really fast. It's fast. It's explosive plays, and it's again, you you, it's it's one thing right when the. The eyeball test is there, but maybe the numbers don't back it up. It's one thing when somebody has really good numbers, but it just doesn't pop on the screen. But they they are in lockstep in both of those regards. You watch it with your own eyes, and it's impressive. You look at it statistically, and it's impressive. You better be ready to account for it. You're not going to be able to completely keep a lid on those guys for a full 60 minutes, you wouldn't think. But you got to at least be able to slow them down and, and keep it manageable and not let them gash you with those those big plays. It's it's one thing to give up a couple, you know, maybe 15 or 20 yarders, right? But you can't be giving up the 30, 40, 50 yarders. That's what can't happen. Absolutely. You're going to have to concentrate on tackling the catch. I mean, that's really what, what it's going to mm-hmm. boil down to. But it, it gets – it gets even more difficult because your number one receiver, you also got a number five receiver in the league, and that's Jalen Waddle. It's insane. This guy here, 30, 30 catches, 533 yards. Oh, I mean, come on. He's averaging 18 yards a catch, whereas Tyreek has got one one catch. Uh, his longest catch and run is 64. Well, Jalen Waddle's only five yards behind at 59. I mean, you talk about stretching – and tearing the top off of, off of coverage and stretching windows, these two guys can can stretch windows and and all kinds of stuff like you can't even believe. I mean, yeah. think about it. I mean, Waddle, he's the number five, uh, I believe, in yardage receiver, and you got uh, Tyreek Hill at number one. I mean, what more do you want? You know, <laughs> it's it's it really is. It's impressive. It's explosive. You know, it's not a. It's not quite the greatest show on turf, right? But I mean, it's they they have got guys again all over that offense. Playmakers on the outside, Mike Gesicki in the middle. They can hurt you. And you know, fortunately for the Steelers, you've seen a little bit of this to this point, right? I mean, no doubt the Steelers have gone up against some some explosive wide receivers and and, and units. You saw right. one of the best in the league week one in Cincinnati. I mean, what what Tampa has with Mike Evans and and Chris Godwin. Um, uh, Garrett Wilson with the Jets. You know, like they've 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 seen some of these guys, um, but maybe not two in a tandem quite like they have in Miami. And that's that's going to be certainly if you're if you're making a list of of challenges for Sunday night against the Dolphins, that's that's got to be you know top one or two. And then then you, you also got a guy by the name of uh, Mike Gesicki. Yep. All right, who happens to be a tight end? Penn State boy. Penn State guy. Yeah, does a real good job. He's at 15, 170. He's not getting the ball that much. Obviously, you're going to put it out to your big-time playmakers. But certainly, he's a guy that you got to be careful of. I mean, you know, Jalen Waddle's already got three 100-plus-yard games out of, out of the, the six, okay? That's crazy. So, yeah, look at a guy like Gasecki because you know Tyreek Hill got his. Everybody knows that. So, you look at Gasecki and go, yeah, how much are you going to see? I mean, <laughs> but the guy is very talented. You watch him run over the middle. He knows where those windows open up. Yes. He knows where, you know, I always think of it like, um, you ever go miniature golfing? Oh, of course. Okay, so, you know, you got the windmill, and you got to time that windmill oh, so you that can put in Oh, that stinking windmill, Wolf. Oh. That was the bane of my existence when exactly. I was growing up. Exactly. You can't time that thing. It's like this, have you seen the scene in Happy Gil? You seen Happy Gilmore? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he puts it into the, finally gets it through, and then it spits it back out. It's, it's, it's agonizing. 
You know, and it, and it doinks, and it, your whole family just spends the afternoon laughing at Dad because Dad <laughs> can't get it through the, the windmill, right? But that's what the windows in uh, in inside are like when you're when you're you know, a tight end. You know, you gotta you gotta have some eyes, kind of like a slot receiver, to work those windows on the inside. They open and they close. Mm-hmm. You know, one window opens and then then it closes, and then the next one, and you know, it, it just gets to be. Kind of, I don't know, because I I couldn't handle that. You know, it, the worst my, my my worst part of the game was was uh, like watching uh, being able to uh, distinguish coverages. I couldn't see over the defensive lineman in front of me. <laughs> well, that's why you played in the trenches. That's right? right. That's all I needed to know was okay. Who's in here with me? Who right? am I hitting, baby? Who am I hitting? Exactly. So, but you know, you you appreciate that, and you can see that when you watch Gasecki run routes. I mean, he's very very good. And they've got four tight ends, and all of them are. They're big boys. They all go from, like, uh, uh, Hunter Long at 6'5", yep. 260, and Durham Smythe at, at 6'6", 250, you know, and, and Gusecki is a good 6'6", 250. Mm-hmm. So he's obviously going to be a point of contention where Arthur Millette and whoever they decide to use on him in coverage, it's going to be uh, a situation that, you know, they're going to have to do some things, back, do some of the things that – Terrell Austin did a magnificent job of crafting a game plan. Yes. Along with Brian Flores – um, and, and to a degree, Mike, mm-hmm. I'm sure, you know, Mike was in on, I'm sure. So the things that they did, you know, in disguising coverages and, and, and making the coverages look like the zone, then it's man, then man, then zone things where they like the Tampa two look with Robert Spillane using him as a, as a guy to get back and cover seams and stuff. I, I just thought it was magnificent. I mean, you've got guys back there who you could have put like tape on their helmets like back in the day with their <laughs> name on it so that their teammates know who their who their, what their names are i mean it's just that that bunch of newbies together and yet they were fully tight and josh jackson you talk about a guy that yeah. did a great job coming back from giving up a touchdown in buffalo you know i mean it was just like man what a job he did yeah no they wolf you know this is one of the things that was was standing out to me Tuesday is kind of the day that I um, like to to take some time and and start to look at the Steelers' upcoming opponent, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the things that that really stood out to me when I when I started to look at the Dolphins the first time, and Moats and I were doing some some research and stuff, and, and Moats try- does research. Oh man, he wa- Wolf, I got to yell at him sometimes. We'll be in segment, and he'll have film pulled up on his laptop, and I'm like, now hold on a second, there, big fella. All right, just just <laughs> just stay with me till we go to break. Um, I thought he honored the rule of no research for the show. <laughs> <laughs> didn't you know, didn't we all didn't we all agree that we were just going to fly by the seat of our pants here? <laughs> aren't, we, aren't we all on the same page here, Mozi? Come on, don't. Come Come on, man. Don't try to make me look bad now. Um, <laughs> but one of the things that stood out to me is is really there's like this is, you know, some some of the teams that you play in the NFL, you could say have top heavy rosters, right? Like you right. you get with what I'm saying with that. They've got some big dynamite playmakers, but they also have some, you know, some C and D level players. There's not a lot sure. of that middle class, right? There's there's not a lot of that um the, those B level players. Mm-hmm. Um to me, Miami is the opposite of that. Like they they've got the A level players op- obviously, but just across the roster, it is hard to find, you know, particularly again too when Tua Tagovailoa is healthy, it's hard to find a real weakness on that roster. And it makes sense when you look at how they've operated over the last couple years. They haven't been bad, 
but they've also had some some premium draft picks. They've had some good draft picks. They've traded away guys like Minka Fitzpatrick, right, to to accrue to accrue more draft picks. They traded Laramie Tunsil, right, their their left tackle a few years back to Houston, got a bunch of draft picks out of that. Traded Minka Fitzpatrick, got a bunch of draft picks out of that. They've really built this thing up over the draft through the last four or five years to now they have a lot of guys who are right in that range of 24, 25, 26 years old, right? Kind of right in the the, the, the middle right. of their prime. They've got a lot of guys who are on those second contracts that are still young. they got a lot of key contributors that are still on their rookie deals. I mean, it's a very nice roster down there in Miami. Again, particularly when Tua Tagovailoa is healthy, because we all know in the NFL you need the quarterback to, to stir that drink. But that's what stands out to me is that there's not – one way that you can look and say, oh, yeah, this is how you attack those guys. It's obvious. Um, you get that for, in some weeks in the NFL, you know, where you're saying, all right, like even against a team as good as Buffalo, right, Wolf, we were all saying you got to be able to run the football. you got to be able to extend possessions, extend drives. you got to keep Josh Allen and those guys off the field, right? Right. You, it's, it's harder to, to pinpoint one thing that you can definitely do against the Dolphins that will have a, a you know, a, a beeline to success – just because, again, the, it's tough to look at their roster, offense and defense, and find a weakness because they have they have really had a lot of draft capital and they've done well with their selections, you know, again, over the last three, four, five seasons. That, that's excellently put. Absolutely, Wes. Now, the one thing I will say, even though they've had all those draft choices, they've struggled with their offensive line. That's true. I mean – if you go back to the Minnesota game, you're talking about a line that gave up five sacks and 13 quarterback pressures. Whew. 13. I mean, we're, we're talking about northern boys being from Minnesota, coming down to South Florida, <laughs> sitting in 122-degree heat on the sidelines, and they got after the quarterback like it was nobody's business. You take a look, as I, as I kind of uh, talked about earlier, you know, you got Tua. He comes in, he plays the first three games, fine. Then all of a sudden he gets doinked, then redoinked. And you got a situation where you got Teddy Bridgewater coming in. He gets doinked. He's out. Skylar Thompson comes in. He finishes the game, starts the next game. He gets doinked. Teddy Bridgewater's back in. He got doinked again. And then, you know, now you're back to Tua. You know, and you're like going, well, maybe the offensive line's got some issues here. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and one of them, you know, is the fact that Greg Little, they put him at left tackle because Taron Armstead, has been uh, doing has been uh, messed up. He's got something going on with his toe. He has. Uh, yeah. You're a got, little banged up there. Yeah, and the right tackle. What's I can't remember his name. Austin Jackson. That's who it is. He's on the IR now. He may come off this week, but at that same time, you had Brandon Shell, who's been on the practice squad. He was pulled up, and they moved Little over to the left tackle, and that next to Liam Eichenberg, who if you watch these two, they're they're just having some troubles being copacetic with each other. You know, the twist stunts, Liam, the guard doesn't even see him coming. Liam's like 6'6 and 306, and he's kind of tall. He was a tackle, I think, in college. And he's kind of tall for a guard, but he catches. So this guy's made the order for Cam Hayward. Cam Hayward can come right down the middle on this guy and move him back and push him right into the quarterback because Cam is a great, great bull rusher, and especially a bull rusher by modern-day techniques. Yes. And Cam is... I, I will say this: He's a dinosaur in attitude, and he's uh, he is a modern day player in execution of modern day techniques. You know that's just the best way to summarize Cam. Great player, just a great player. 
Um, that's he's a lot of a lot of the stuff is going to rest on Cam because that's that's a situation he can dominate. He can dominate he can. this guy, and so hopefully, hopefully he's able to get after it and they can put some pressure on Tua. But this whole offensive line has some issues. They do, they do, and I think you know what too. Like you mentioned last week against Minnesota, I think those issues are are certainly even. You know, they're more. Well, here I go again, trying to use a big word. Let's not mess this up. Uh, go ahead. Exacerbated. Go ahead. I do it all the time. All right. Those issues are exacerbated uh, when Tua isn't isn't there in the backfield. Yes. You know, because because you can't there, – there's he, – he, not the same keen eye, not the same mobility. Now, they do have similar style quarterbacks in that regard, but you're absolutely right. that That is the area that you can get after them, particularly, I think, on the interior – of that offensive line when Tua is not out there with with his 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 impressive mobility certainly we've seen Cam have a couple of these games so far this year where it felt like all right you know this is a this is really a, mitch, a mismatch for for Cam Hayward this feels like another one where he can create some havoc there on the interior of the offensive line if he's able to do that that could be the one thing that could that could really wreck the Dolphins game plan because you know as as well as I do Wolf it's cliche, but it's cliche because it's true. Quarterbacks in the NFL, they hate pressure up the middle. It's one thing to have it coming off the edge, right? Because at least there's some things you can do. You can step up in the pocket. You can try and move the pocket a little bit. When you got that pressure coming right at you, it's tough. There's nowhere to run. There's nowhere to hide. It's why right. it's why Aaron Donald has been, you know, such a just a, a menace across the NFL for a decade now. Um, because again, it's 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 one thing certainly to deal with when it's someone like T.J. Watt coming off the edge, but when it's right at you, right down the middle of the interior of that offensive line, that can wreck things quickly, and and I think that's that's well said by you. Cam Hayward certainly has the opportunity to do that Sunday night. Well, I will say this. It's time. To, we're going to step aside here. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, I'm going to tell you the, the one statistic that absolutely hornswoggled me, okay? So you stay tuned. Keep it right here in the locker room, SNR. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. The injured Williams. Waddle in motion. Tunnel by Loa. Blocked by Armstead. Two into the end zone. Caught for the touchdown! Caught for the touchdown! Miami has taken the lead. Boy, that's a lot of juice there, huh? What do you say, Matt? Uh, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh oh, Uh-oh, I got. I, what am I saying? I'm I gotta just, go. I gotta go. Put. I gotta go. Beef up here if I want. I know. Be I know. Just. I just had a uh, brain fart there. Sorry about that. Yeah, that was the. Uh, that was the touchdown pass to to cap the uh, wild 21 point fourth quarter comeback for the Dolphins in Baltimore a couple weeks ago. Oh man, was that just unbelievable? I, I, know, it's insane. 21 point know, fourth quarter comeback. It's unbelievable. Think about this. This offense. You talk about built on speed. You got Jalen Waddle. You got Tyree Kill, and don't forget Raheem Mostert, the running back. He was a, yeah. he was the yeah. uh, Big Twelve hundred and two hundred meter track champ at Purdue. He sure was. I mean, sure think was. about that. You got speed everywhere. Yeah, except for the one position they, that I thought, okay, this guy has got to be. And this was uh, the tease that I went out with. I just said, hey, the one stat that just blew me away was Tua Tunga Vailoa. 
has how many yards rushing, West? Because you fact checked me on that. I did. Yes, he had. Uh, he had just one yard rushing. You are correct, Wesley Euler here at the SNR fact checker <laughs> desk. And uh, Wolf said that, and I said no. I said no way. You had to check. I said, I said, listen, I know that they've been they've been chucking the pigskin around the yard this year. All right, but two has got to have more than one rush yard. Nope. Just one on the season that came against Baltimore in that uh, that famed twenty one point fourth quarter comeback. But week one against New England, no rushing yards. Week uh, two against Baltimore, just one. Week three against Buffalo, none. And then week four against Cincinnati before he was taken out of that game, of course, uh, none as well. Now, to be fair, he's only ran the ball four times on the season, so it's not like they're they're running him a bunch. You know, they're trying to keep him in the pocket and upright and right. use all those weapons that we've mentioned on offense. But, yeah, that was still surprising. Just one Uno rushing yards for uh, Tua on the season. Mr. Wolfley, your research was correct. <laughs> you know, I'm sitting there thinking, you know, I, I remember a guy back a decade or a decade and a half ago. Uh, they, his name was Scott Summer, quarterback, and they called him the water buffalo because, he, you know, he, he would flounder about. He was not the most athletic when he would run or scramble. He had more yards than Tua. You look at Tua. Tua is one of these great athletes, one of these, you know, one of, uh, just a fabulous athlete. And I couldn't believe that he had only run for or rushed for one yard. That just it blew me away because I just really thought this guy probably had, you know, a couple hundred yards. Even if he just cruised out of the pocket now, right? And then. Almost like the um, like the Justin Herbert or the Josh Allen style, you know, yeah. where it's not it's not Lamar Jackson designed runs. No, no. But if you give it to those guys, they are they're not you know hesitant to pull it down and 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 pick up 10, 15 yards. Um, I, I'm surprised by that as well too. I I would have thought that there would have been like you said at least a couple of those plays. Maybe he'd be you know in the 30s in terms of rush yards, something like that. But yeah, Tua so far not using those legs, but don't give him an opportunity to start on Sunday night. No, and I wouldn't imagine now that he at all wants to get out there and run in the open field. I mean, let's face no, it. No, absolutely not now. Yeah, injuries. they're going to minimize that even more. You know, it was funny because I remember watching watching uh, at practice a week or so ago, and Mike was uh, yelling at um, Kenny Pickett when he was running with the ball, and he said, Kenny, get down because on, <laughs> on Saturday – They'll thump you. On Sunday, they'll put you to sleep. Yep. You know? It's true. I mean, it's true. Yeah. You know, you think about the. It was like it was It was almost prescient, you know, in that uh, when, when DeMar Hamlin gave him a whack, you know, up in Buffalo there, mm-hmm. um, you know, and so it, good advice. And I would imagine that's going to be the same with Tua, that uh, he's not going – we won't see him doing too much of that. But certainly this is going to be a game I look at it and you think about the fact that you need – you so need to, to control the clock. And, again, one of the things that Mitch Trubisky did so very well that Kenny had done earlier uh, in Buffalo was the fact that they were able to convert on third downs. Yes. Third downs are so huge. Oh, I mean, some, some long third down oh, conversions too. How about that? I mean – there was a third and 15, a third and 16, a third three. and 11. Yeah. Wasn't there like three third and 15s or something and pr- like that? Honestly, Wolf, uh, Mitch converted five of six third downs when he came into the game. One of those was a third and six. I believe all the other ones were at least third and 10 or longer. So it's not Double like digit ones, it's yes. not like they, it was third and two, third and three, right? No, third and manageable. No. It was third and a mile. And the offensive line did their part. Mitch did his part. Uh, Chase and Deontay made a couple big catches in there as well, too. That's that's what you need, man. You, you've got to be able – I mean, it is 
it's a similar conversation that we've had about some of these teams the Steelers have faced early on in these season in the season. Some of these explosive offenses, like it's the most cliche thing to say, but it is because it's true. You've got to extend drives, you've got to win the time of possession, and you got to keep these guys off the field because inevitably they're just going to make plays, and you've got to minimize that window, that opportunity for them to do so. Well, there's no question in my mind, you know. And as I look at this. <sighs> You know, you've got you've got some good guys up front there. There's going to be tough front to run against. They're, but they're you know they're it's not like they're a top five defense against the run. These guys are in the bottom half of uh, you know defense against the run and against the pass, if I recall correctly. And again, mm-hmm. my the fact checker that you are, you <laughs> probably are already on that. <laughs> but you know, uh, you look at this and the opportunities there. This is a game that they should be able to hopefully be able to run the ball. And I'm hoping that, you know, along with some timely passing and stuff like that, one of the things that I just so believe in, you know, there's 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 a good emphasis on the on the jet motion sweeps. Okay. Those those are good. You know, I know a lot of people like going, ah, blah, blah, blah. but you know what? Um, if you run it at certain times with certain people, um, they tend to turn out well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, now you don't need to run five to seven or eight of them a game. Matter of fact, you could take some of those reps off of that and use them with screens. I love screens. Screens to me are so important because if you can screen well, a good screening team can absolutely tear you up. Mm-hmm. And as a, personally running the screen i always loved it because you know you get those slip screens where you you got to get the middle linebacker get one of the the, the close side linebacker or you sure. got a throwback screen where you roll and then throw back i i love if if i recall correctly didn't we have a a, a, a throwback screen to the tight end that was the 612 yes yeah we yes. had zach gentry, it gentry. Was a, yeah. that was one of, the, one of the best plays on offense so far this season yes that was that was great i think in some way, shape, or form, you could come back to that again. I hope, when, especially with the Friar Muth coming back, mm-hmm. you know, that you got that, that uh, two tight end offense, and there's just more meat on the bone, as Mike Tomlin would say. I love that quote. There's more meat on the bone there to be had, and I think that you can have a little bit more application of it with the – Miami Dolphins and get the Dolphs going and use those tight ends in conjunction with some of the passing game on the inside. Woo! Absolutely. I, I'm telling you, I and, think it's good stuff. And, and you know what aids that even more, which What's makes that? that even more possible, Wolf, is when you can complete some of those downfield shots. Like we've we've seen the Steelers start to do a little bit more on offense, right? Because right. if all this, if you're hitting 15, 20 yarders to, to Claypool and Pickens and Deontay, and maybe you get a 30, 40 yarder in there, you start to back them off a little bit more. Um, that leaves a lot open underneath, and and a lot of green grass out there for some potential screens for some shorter stuff. This is, you know, there's been signs. I think I'm not going to sit here and you know try and, and lie to everybody and say that the offense has finally figured it out and that they're all they're <laughs> they're ready to roll. I mean, they are. I believe now. I need you to fact check me on this one, but I believe when I was doing some uh, some research on Wednesday. The Steelers have the third lowest points per game in the NFL right now. It's pretty close. I, I believe it's yeah. third. I believe it's third lowest in the league points per game in yeah. the NFL right now. So I'm not going to sit here and try and you know make sunshine and rainbows out of that. But at the same time, I think you have to be encouraged. You've seen some flashes, particularly against Tampa. There was a, a, some points left out there on the field by the Steelers. I think we said that against Buffalo. 
but it was a little different, right, because you're playing from behind so often. Buffalo the entire half practically is in, in prevent defense. Yeah. But they really, I mean, they scored 20 against Tampa. That could have easily have been 24, 27, maybe even 30. You just finish a couple more of these drives in the red zone, all of a sudden that's going to open up so much. And I think we're getting closer to that point. Again, it is. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and act like it's a finished product or that it's it's been satisfactory uh, or anything like that. They they've got to score more points, um, but they are at least I think scratching that surface. It's it's not like it was at, at some points there um, in the first couple weeks where we were just you know just un- so many three and outs and unable to get close to the red zone. You were at least moving the ball more successfully. Now you got to find a way to to turn those threes into into sevens. You got to be more Finnish and less Swedish. Uh, you see what I did there? So <laughs> yeah. far, they've been all Swedish, no Finnish. Now you just need a little bit of Finnish in there, baby. <laughs> you know what's funny? It, I go back to this. One of the things I really love, Matt Canada. Hey, I know the guy's taking some meat, but you know you got a tip of the cap to him last week in the first fifteen plays that you script. Okay, the first three shots that they took. Pickens, Deontay, and and Chase, okay? They threw one outside the numbers. I can't remember who it was. They threw one inside the numbers and then threw one on a crossing route in between the hash lines, right? Mm -hmm. And then on the fourth, uh, three plays later after that, the fourth throw, they throw it down the sidelines about 25 yards on a go route to Pickens again, you know? And to me, that was – that's like you're declaring two – uh, it would have been, of course, uh, uh, let's see, Larry Foote, a former Steeler great who was a co-defensive coordinator for the Tampa Bay Bucks. But the fact is, you're putting them on notice saying, hey, we're using the whole field, man. We got the whole field mm-hmm. out there, and we're going to go after it. And I'm, I thought that was great by Matt. It was like putting them on notice, hey, <laughs> you, don't, you, you you're not going to be able to dominate any one area or be able to take away any one area because we're about to move – uh, you know, offensively in in uh, down the sidelines, in the middle of the field, outside, inside, what have you. And I thought that was just really good coaching. That was real smart. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, scripting of the plays. It was, and it was. You know, that's what we had been kind of crying out for. Uh, it had been 14 weeks since the Steelers scored a, a touchdown on an opening possession. Week 10 last year was the last time that they did that. You know what would be great, Wolf? What's that, brother? Let's do it two weeks in a row here. Huh? How that about nice? that? And they start to call that a streak there when you start to <laughs> stack those times multiple times in a row. Um, that, that I think, was was big because, hey, yeah, you scored that touchdown on the opening drive against Tampa, and, and you didn't have another touchdown until later in the second half when Mitch Trubisky came in, right? Right. But what that still did, Wolf, was it, it made Tampa play from behind from the get-go. Yes. And they were never able to um, – you know, to, to really recover from that. They themselves as well, too, are thinking, man, you know, we settled for field goals and we should have scored touchdowns, uh, too. And you credit to the Steelers' defense for, for being able to do that. you got to bend and not break in a lot of those situations. But that's why it's so big, is when you can start with the lead, all of a sudden, even early on in a game, it, it takes some off the table, off the plate of the opposing offense because they are playing from behind, and and that is that's huge. That's paramount. I think particularly when you are a young offense like the Steelers that is still trying to find that identity, still trying to carve out what you really do well and what you can hang your hat on. And when you're a Steelers defense that we hope this is starting to change, but you've been operating with a lot of new bodies, a lot of missing key contributors. It's important. And that was huge for the Steelers offense. Obviously, it was big 
uh, for the defense just as big, I think, because once again, Tampa all of a sudden from the start is playing from behind. They're settling for some field goals. They're never really able to, you know, to to feel comfortable in that regard. It, it limits a little bit of what they can do, and particularly against an offense once again as explosive as Miami's. If if you can start with the lead, if you can start fast, if you can score a touchdown, not right. just a, not just a field goal, right? If you can get seven on your first offensive possession, again, it it sounds crazy, but it's true. It all, already from that point on you're taking some things out of the playbook, off the table from the opposing offense, and and that's huge for your defense. No question about it. Well said, my good man. So why don't we take a break, and we'll be back to wrap up the show as Wes and I take you as far as we can take you heading towards <laughs> kickoff Sunday night. Yeah, I know. You like sometimes you know you're going to, you're taking a break here and you're like what am I talking about? I'm oh, trying buddy, to... I do it all the time. Uh, sometimes there's... I just start a sentence. I don't know where it's going, but I hope <laughs> I find it along the way. <laughs> and so we'll be stay tuned, folks. We'll be right back after this. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. The handoff to Najee finds a block. Gets up over the 30 to 35. First down near the 40-yard line. Tackled at the 39. And that was a 14-yard run by Najee Harris, his second longest of the season. And that would be good to get Najee untracked Sunday night in Miami. You know, now that you know that he had a steel plate in his shoe, I mean, I didn't even begin to uh, figure out how he could have operated when you can't flex your foot. You know, I mean, it's like being Herman Munster out there. It's Herman you know? Munster. <laughs> it it's like having a ski boot on. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's it's difficult. And you you cannot express that power. Uh, through through your ham hocks into your feet that drive you across the ground if you can't flex your foot, if there's no flexion in it. So that hopefully this would kind of lead to maybe as he's feeling more comfortable and that foot is stronger and you don't have the Liz Frank. Yeah. Uh, the Liz Frank. Liz Frank. Yeah, Liz Frank. Oh, wee wee. Ha, ha. <laughs> ha, 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 ha. But it's going to be important. You know, I mean, one of these things that you want to get doing is be able to get some wins on first down. And it's never better than when you get a four, five, six yard run yep. on first down that really starts to set up those makeable third downs. Then all of a sudden we're talking about converting uh, and being able to convert plays where it's. You know, it's there's a big difference between third and three and third and eight. You know, I mean, there, there's a you you talk about going to the well, going to your your playbook. Well, you got to be a lot more, uh, you know, creative when you got third and eights, third and sevens, that sort of thing, versus third and three, third and four. Uh, that those opportunities are, are still inherent. And one of the good things about it is we have quarterbacks that are capable of using their legs to be able to run for that and get the first downs. Yep. Uh, no, absolutely, and that's the uh, you know that's the complementary style that you want there. That's the copacetic, everything moving in the right direction, right? It's you know, Wolf, we can, and it's 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 the toughest thing to do, I think, when you are as you know as as locked in with the Steelers day to day and week to week as we are. You can very easily, I think, just focus on what's in front of you, right? Because right. we always you know, we get back. 
from from road trips or from home games late on Sunday nights and, and all of a sudden you're right back at it Monday and you're recapping for a day or two and then you're starting to look ahead. But I think sometimes it can always be good too to like take a step back and look at the bigger picture. And coming into this season, what did we all think was going to be the Steelers' recipe to win games? Well, they were going to have an elite defense, right? One of the right. best one of the best two or three defenses in the league that was going to be able to get after quarterbacks and, and force turnovers. They were going to have an offense that could run the ball, that could manage the games, that could hit some big plays when they needed to, that could keep possessions going, that could extend drives, that could do enough, right, along, yes. along with an elite defense to win you a lot of football games. We... Obviously, there's there were some setbacks in that regard. You, you've had the, the the back and forth with the quarterbacks. You've had Najee Harris not starting off the season as as strongly as we had all hoped for and anticipated. But it feels like now, as you've had some receivers emerge, as you're getting Pat Fryermuth back, as Najee Harris starts to look more and more like himself, and I think we're all very confident in what Jalen Warren brings as as the number two guy in this equation now too. One of the you know that was one of the big questions we were asking about the offense coming into the season was who's going to be that number two running back. I think right. we've got that figured out as well. You're hopefully starting to get to that point where the offensive line. Uh, is 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 been much better. It's been much improved. I know a lot of people don't want to admit that, and they'll say, oh, well, Kevin Dotson took all those penalties and he gave up the hit that got Kenny Hurt. Uh, okay, certainly, but that that's still, the offensive line has been much improved from, from the preseason, from early in the season, from last year. I don't think you can deny that. So if you start to get the run game and Najee moving in the right direction, Kenny Pickett's getting more comfortable out there, and he's building more chemistry with his wide receivers. You start to run that football, you hit more play action stuff, you score more points, right? You give your defense a little bit of extra rest, and hopefully in a couple weeks here you get T.J. Watt back as well too and kind of all hands on deck for that defense. I still think, better late than never, that that could still come to fruition for the Steelers. That kind of blueprint that we all thought, you know, when we were back in Latrobe in those hot days grinding it out in July July and August – that blueprint that we all kind of thought was the key to the Steelers' success this year. Elite defense, being able to run the football and control the clock on offense and hit those big plays enough when you need to. I I, I think we could start to see that really manifest, but it also feels like it it has to begin here in Miami because we know – you got a tough road trip here, then you got a tough one to Philly, then you got the bye week. So you got to get this going sooner rather than later. But I think I feel more encouraged about that now than I do at you know any point over the last five or six weeks. That's a good point. Excellent, as a matter of fact. Um, and I would say you know this also harkens back to the day when you were talking about Bradshaw. Bradshaw's last game. Bradshaw sat out the whole year, and then he decided they were able to play him and in, in going into uh, playing the Jets at Shea Stadium. And the whole mantra the entire week was, "Don't let him get hit." Hmm. You know, I mean that the, the it was it was clear the the, the dictum came down. Boom! Don't let him get yeah, hit. Yeah. Nobody touches Bradshaw. And I I remember that on a twist on you had uh, you know the New York Sack Exchange across from me and Marty Lyons. He and I had been going at it, and they ran a twist stunt. And I tell you what, I committed the worst foul in the history of the NFL with a guy coming around. I think it was Ben Rudolph, or it was another. I can't maybe Abdul Salam, one of those guys, big, big, strong defensive end, about six five, three hundred pounds. You know, I, I was, I was about. He almost blew by me, but I grabbed him and I tackled him. I literally tackled him. You know, it was the most blatant 
personal fall and probably in the history of the NFL. But, you know, such is life. That's what you got to do. That's what you got to you know? do. And to make sure, I would think that, you know, the same sort of mantra comes down. You don't let anybody put a hand on Kenny back in the pocket. Yep. And once he gets out of the pocket, he's on his own. You can't help him. You can run after him and make sure nobody takes a shot at him. But certainly when he's in the pocket, man, you can't let anybody – Touch them, all right? You got to do what you got to do. So in my mind, that's one of the big things you got to do. The mantra goes out there. Nobody touches Kenny. Boys, you got to take it on your back, and you say, we are the personal protectors of the king and the castle. You got to take care of them. So that's 100%. That's my uh, that's my two cents. I think, that's, I think that's a good final word for us here, Wolf. You're absolutely right. You got to keep Kenny clean. Um, you got to hope the defense does enough to keep a lid on that explosive uh, offense for the Dolphins. Those two things happen, and I think I think we'll like our chances on Sunday night down, down there against the Dolphins. In that. In that. We, got, we got any reads we got to do? We do not. Okay. We're good. Well, Wes, I want to thank you for sitting in for course, Max. Partner. Did a great job, as always. Highly professional you are, my good well, man. Well, I don't know. I don't know if I've ever been accused of being professional, but I'll take it. <laughs> don't accuse me of being a pro. <laughs> don't accuse me of being a professional now. I'm just a goofball, all right? Don't, all put, right. don't put those kind of expectations on me. Well, I'm hoping that this is going to be just one awesome trip down to Miami. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, Sunday might, night football. We might have to have a uh, have to have a cigar tomorrow evening. You know, brother, I think that could be in the works. <laughs> <laughs> oui, oui, oh, oh. Yes. All right. Now go away or I shall taunt you a second time. <laughs> <laughs> and there you have it from Money Python. Steeler fans, stay tuned. It's Sunday night in Miami. It's a big one. Bring your best cheer on and get some good food ready to go because we'll all be rolling. Talk to you on Monday. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.